Hey guys, and welcome to Personality Bingo with me, your host, Tom Warren. So, this week on the podcast, we have Philly McMahon. Philly is a writer, a director based right here in Dublin, currently working on Riot, which you can check out in Vicar Street. Guys, I saw the show at the Dublin Fringe Festival last year. It is back. I couldn't recommend it anymore. It's got incredible performers in it, like um, Emma Kerwin, the Lords of Strut, Megan Reardon, Panty Bliss, just to name a few. It's an absolute spectacle. I really, really couldn't recommend it enough. As I said, it's in Vicar Street this July for limited dates. Please do check it out. It's starting to sell out already. And as I said, I couldn't recommend it anymore. It is an absolute circus of brilliance. And uh, yeah, for sure, check it out. And a massive thank you to Philly for taking the time in amongst a busy rehearsal schedule to chat to me. Uh, guys, other than that, check out my web series, Fix Me. It is online and ready for Netflix-style bingings, but on YouTube. Um, yeah, it's up there. There's four episodes. Uh, I'd love if you could check them out. Uh, we had a ball doing it. Um, we've got some really lovely feedback, and it's starting to be submitted in some festivals and bits and bobs. So I'll keep you up to date on up to dated. Yeah, I'll keep you up to date on all that wonderful stuff. I am also in rehearsals for the Rivals, which is kicking off in Smock Alley from July to September. I uh, also have some more exciting news um, in the theatre uh, for later in September as well. So it is uh, it is a good time. It is a good time to be me. And I hope it's a good time to be you as well. Uh, other than that, um, yeah, thanks for listening. Uh, let us know if you are listening. Let us know if you're not listening. Let us know why. Let me know why you hate me. And other than that, guys, please enjoy the weirdest intro ever. Philly McMahon playing personality bingo with Tom Morgan. Man, we ready to play personality bingo? I'm here and I'm ready. All right, good stuff. Okay, so uh, I'll give a quick little explainer before we get stuck in. So I'm going to put 60 minutes on the clock. We've got 60 balls in front of us and here are the 60 questions. So I'm going to give you this piece of paper with five numbers on it. In a moment, I'm going to ask you to pick a sixth. Uh, and if your six numbers do come up, then uh, you get to turn a question back on me and I promise to give you a totally honest answer. I'm excited. As you smirk <laughs> at me. Okay. Um, so, will you do me a favor and will you read out the five numbers that I've already given you on the sheet? 33, mm -hmm. 58, mm -hmm. 4, Great. 7, cool. 20. Nice. And then, can I ask you to pick uh, a sixth number between 1 and 60? Just randomly. Yeah, randomly. 42. 42, nice. Any reason for 42? Wasn't 42 the answer to life, the universe, and everything in The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy? Ah, no. There you go. It's a good answer. It, I may have got the number wrong. Somebody is going to shout at their <laughs> iTunes. No, it's 20. So, so 40. We're going with 42. Yeah, we'll know if our listenership just drops after after this point that you really balls the whole thing up. <laughs> Sci-fi fans are furious out there. Yeah, completely. Um, right, well, hey, let's just dive in. Okay, so 60 minutes on the clock. Let's just do it. All right, here we go. First number out the gate is 11. Do you have that one? I don't. Okay, no worries. Question 11 is, do you have a role model? And I should say, that's a brand new question. You were the first oh, person to be asked. God, what constitutes a role model? Like, I have a lot of people in my life that I love and respect and admire their work. Do I have a role model? I suppose, as a writer, as a theatre writer, the person that I would uh, be most excited about their work is probably Simon Stevens. Mm. And, um, you know, he had, I suppose, the, the big commercial things that he did um, recently was like... Uh, the Curious Incident Dog in the Nighttime, and he also did Stone, uh, Seawall with um, Andrew Scott. Um, and uh, years and years ago, a good friend of mine, an actor, Peter Daly, gave me a play of his called On the Shore of the Wide World. And uh, it kind of really changed my thinking about how you write for the theatre. And so, so yeah, role model. I don't know, him or Madonna, who? Like, uh, yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Throw uh, Simon Stevens. And actually, he's got a book out, which is called, um, what's it called? It's basically, somebody asked him to write a book and he said, rather than write a book, why don't I um, write a diary of a whole year of working? And it's a really beautiful That's kind a of, idea. it's a really beautiful touchstone to kind of touch into his practice. Um, and also it gives 
the writer or the director or whoever you are uh, working in the theatre, uh, it gives you the sense that you're really not alone. All of the frustrations and the anxieties and all the things that you go through, um, he has also gone through in this year. And he's a very, very accomplished writer. Yeah, that's great. Have you ever got a chance to meet him? Uh, no, I haven't, mm. is the answer. It's, it's kind of nice when you get like those books though, that are like literally add like a year in a life because... I find that listening to podcasts sometimes uh, and you kind of feel like you know someone. Like, was that the effect of this book that you kind of felt like you got to know the guy? Or was I think it so. I kind of, I'm happy to have a kind of safe distance, you know, because I think like with role models or what, I suppose if you push that to the extreme, like idols, unless you're meeting these people on some sort of equal footing and you walk into a room and you're both working on this project, what can you really do except expect too much from them? Mm. And what can they really do except, you know, want to offer you as much as they can in a short space of time and then leave, you know? So into, unless you're going to meet these people um, in some way that feels kind of creatively equal um, or that you're, you want to attend a class or something like that, then I don't really see much point. That's really great. Have you had that experience of, you know, they say, like, don't don't meet your heroes? Um, in your experience, has that been, like, true? or Because there's nothing better than meeting someone who you thought was going to be great and then they turn out to be great. I don't know, a lot, like, I think people generally live up to kind of expectation, don't mm. they? But, like, the horrible thing is that everybody is normal, right? You know, uh, Graham Norton came to see one of the shows that we had on in London and uh, stayed around and, and had a couple of pints, and you kind of think, oh, you're fabulous and funny and really, really normal. Um, and, you know, Graham is not, like, my idol or anything like that, but I think you're, like, I think if you're talking about famous people... They just yeah I I have I have nothing more to say on that. Great, nice one. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's go on. Uh, okay, question number two is ball number forty-five, which is. Do you have that? But no, I've got forty-two. I kind of skipped that. Ah, yeah. okay. Um, have you or would you ever consider seeing a fortune teller? I have, and I would. Um, my mum is totally obsessed. Well. Yeah, I'm over-egging the pudding there for the sake of this theatrical <laughs> podcast. Um, <laughs> my mum and my sister love this kind of stuff. And so I have uh, now and again got roped into um, to seeing them. And so there's kind of a, there's a couple of extremes. And I suppose my problem with a lot of these people is that they are um, trading on grief a lot, right? They're to really tapping into, they realize somebody's there and they're in kind of, they're destitute, they're really down or something. Um but there's kind of a, I don't know what it is about us that we want to know. We very often don't want to know what the future is, but we are obsessed with the past. Um, trying to unlock something about the past that will give us a greater understanding about who we are or who our family is or what happened in that situation. Um, and I suppose one of the, I've been to a couple of these, my family live in Finglas and sometimes you get these, um, you buy a ticket, it's 10 euros and um a woman will come and they are a spiritualist or a medium or something like that, which is in the same zone as kind of um, yeah. fortune teller, right? And it will be a room full of 200 women mostly. And um, and she will walk around and, you know, the voices will speak to her, this woman, this kind of... Um, and they'll pick people out and they'll say, oh, do you know someone called John? And, you know, everyone knows someone called that. So they're like, yes, that's John who died, who was my neighbour. Um, and then they kind of build on these things and it's a total theatrical performance but it also offers now sometimes it can be dangerous but it also offers this kind of collective um outpouring of grief um which can be very healthy i yeah or certainly interesting mm. um so anyway so i've been to a couple of those with my mum and my sister um and i've also uh, a friend of a friend was a, a spiritualist who basically spoke to the dead spoke the dead spoke through her mm. to you or whatever and uh, went with my mum to this woman's house and um, my mum had this kind of transformative experience where you know uh, her father was talking to her about batch loaves and all sorts of things um, I did not have the same experience I think I was too I was really not uh, a, a good kind of a, a good subject um, I was very too skeptical altogether. Um, so yeah, I th and then myself and Panty, <laughs> um, myself and Panty and Adam, who's my other half, uh, we went to see a fortune teller in a caravan in the centre of Listenvarna a couple of years ago, um, which was um, funny and fun. And then myself and Panty went to get our tea leaves read in a castle in Tyrone, um, 
a few years ago. <clears throat> and yeah, and Panty was told actually by that fortune teller, by the woman who read the tea leaves in the castle, that um, that she was going to own a pub. And she was like, no, not me. I'd never do that. And then two years later, she did. So wow. who knows? So with all those experiences, like some more accurate than others by the sounds of it, like you would consider going back again? 100%. Yeah. Yes. So you're into it. Yes, as as much as I'm into going to the cinema or to the theatre or whatever, you know what I mean? It's To sure. me, it's like a, f- a kind of fun experience, especially if there's something weird about it. Like, we had to drive for an hour and a half to see. We were staying up in uh, Monaghan, and we had to drive for an hour and a half to see this woman who she read tea leaves in a cottage at the base of a castle, and we thought, well, that's an experience. We have to go. And she also sold um, these dolls that were toilet roll holders it was all very kind of kitsch mm. um so if there's a bit of an experience to it yes um am i going to go down south william street into a basement and pay somebody 40 quid you know on my lunch break to get a fortune told no yeah yeah mm. so very often a kind of a, a activity for two or more people that's kind of a good way to look at it I like it all right <laughs> let's play one i never knew i had such a big opinion on that thank yeah. you yeah oh, here we go there we go <laughs> If you learn nothing else today, I'm glad to have given you that. All right, here we go. Number 14, do you have it? No. Okay, number 14. Who was a memorable character from your hometown? So Finglas is where you're from. Well, yeah, well, I was born in London and my I, my parents moved home. My parents are Irish and they moved home to um, Dublin when I was 10. Mm. So who is a mem- memorable character from my hometown? You know what? I'll be totally honest with you and say that... I spent my entire life tr- waiting to be 18 to get out of my hometown. Really? And uh, and so it's not that there's not memorable people there or anything like that, but everything was always focused on moving forward. And so as soon as I turned 16 and I found Dublin Youth Theatre, which is where my kind of uh, passion for theatre started, I was gone. I was out of there. Right. Yeah. Just like so, then like where you city center was where you felt more at home. Is that like where Dublin yeah, Theatre was based? H- 100%. Yeah, hundred percent. And um, like I don't have any friends from suburbs where I lived, or you know, I've got one friend in Finglas, and she was in uh, Dublin Youth Theatre too, and we met in Dublin Youth Theatre, and so it just hasn't been a, had didn't play a large hasn't loomed large in my life. Um, yeah. you know, there are not kind of old friends weddings to go to or anything like that. Yeah, no. Sure. And then, well, let me just alter that then because that's interesting. Like, so was it the, then was it the people, the characters? Oh, no, you're going to analyse me now, aren't you? I'm not going to do nothing. Okay, right. I'm not going to do, <laughs> I'm not doing nothing. No, but what, like, was it something about the people who were in and part of Dublin Youth Theatre that was, like, the thing that attracted to you or was it purely, like, the work even at that young of an age or, like, or was it a little bit of both? Oh, yeah, the work was, like, secondary. They're, like, the, like, theatre itself was, like, the thing that was in the backdrop which was, like, the kind of, um, the, the, I suppose the backdrop as to why we were all there, but really it was about finding your tribe, right? And uh, finding uh, kindred spirits and finding, you know, people, young people just like you who felt a little bit different from all over the city kind of brought together. And you were removed from your suburb, your school, your whatever, like no two people were from from the same place generally. Mm. And so you had none of the kind of, you couldn't sit back and rely on anything that you knew from your hometown. And so people, you know, we were all able to make ourselves up and to kind of um, create, I suppose, within that building, um, our own tribe, which has kind of survived to today. You know, all of my friends and best friends and people that I work with um, are from DYT. Wow. Yeah. And so it's been, it was, it was massively transformative and kind of informed everything that came afterwards. And so in some ways, you know, um, I kind of pressed delete on what happened before that. Yeah. Yeah. There are no there are no skeletons in that closet or anything, but it was just like um, I had moved from England. I had uh, come to Ireland and I had always felt in England we had, we were um, we were the outsiders because we were Irish. Sure. And then when we came to Ireland, we were the outsiders because we were English. And so there was always that kind of tension of never really fitting in. And it was only when it kind of walked through the doors of DYT that you kind of thought, ah, none of those things matter here. Mm. Yeah, um, and so that was kind of that was very transformative, I suppose. Yeah, and like, how important like is that like feeling of like the outsider to like work that you make? Like, do you think your artistic expression comes from that place? Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. yeah, so it's it's basically being the outsider or feeling like the outsider. So many people do for whatever the reason is, and mine were, I wasn't from here, 
um and and I was gay and so both of those things um kind of pushed me to the outside but it also pushed me to question everything that was around me so you know I wasn't about to sit around and fingerless and start watching the match and kind of uh gracefully kind of grow older I wanted to kind of push past that and so what it's meant for the work I suppose is that uh, uh, most of what I do is concerned with um, voices from the margins mm. uh, whether they're working class voices or queer voices um, and also a sense uh, a lot of the characters in the plays that I write are looking for a sense of home what is home to them Lo- looking to really you know Alice and Alice in Funderland is really trying to discover what is her place in this country um, and so, and, you know, Town is Dead, which was on at the Abbey last year. Um, Ellen is being pulled from her home after so many years. And so suddenly she finds herself asking quite a similar question is what does home mean anymore when everything else has gone away? Mm. Um, and so, yeah. And so the I suppose um, being an outsider, identifying as an outsider in a, you know, in a positive way, I suppose now um, has kind of pushed me to kind of ask those questions through the art yeah 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 nice great oh we go on yeah let's do it let's do it oh whoa did i just fling a load of balls i'm sorry just one just the one well that's a new way of doing it yep (laughs) number 22 (laughs) do you have that one i'm doing terribly on the bingo side of things here tom i mean but you're very entertaining right right okay (laughs) here we go at number 22 did you ever get detention in school oh you know what I was a total SWAT in school. Were you? Yeah, I was. Yeah, me too. Until I I was a kind of a serial SWAT. I never mitched. Um, and I kind of won student of the year. You know, I shared, there was another guy in my class who was also a SWAT. And we kind of, they alternated between giving it to one of us. And then in fifth year, um, or yeah, in fifth year, I joined Dublin New Theatre. And school kind of went out the window for me. Right. Um, and... And yeah, and you know, I remember my science teacher, uh, Mr. Ryan, pulling me aside saying, you know, you're really going to have to knuckle down and decide between um, these things. But I kind of didn't have to decide between them. Um, And so, so yeah, so did I ever get detention was the question. The answer is, I don't think, I can't remember. I like, I must have. Yeah. I must have because, you know, I'm as much of a dope as anybody, but like uh, I can't really remember it. And you know that you know, like your rival SWAT. Yeah. Did did you did you like were you friends in your SWATiness, or were you kind of trying to out SWAT each other? Uh, the kind of a, a healthy mix of both. Okay. Yeah, okay. yeah, a healthy mix of both. Although he went on to be a teacher, so I think he kind of won ultimately. Oh, he did. Yeah. That is the most SWAT move of all. Yeah, time. yeah. Um, yeah. And when you're when you're when your teacher was telling you that you need to like kind of. Make a choice might be the right way to phrase it, but mm. was he talking about either like school or the theater stuff that you're doing on the side? Yeah, he actually he was a great guy. Um, Harry Ryan was his name, is his name, mm. um, and he was one of those. He was a science teacher, and in a way that was we went to a comprehensive. So in a way that was kind of, um, you know, it, it was kind of off to the side, and uh, he, what seemed like at the time, felt like kind of nagging and stuff like that. Uh, was actually just really caring. Ah. And uh, I met him actually, I met him weirdly, I met him in Dublin New Theatre probably about 10 years later, 10 or 15 years later. I'd gone back to see a play and he was there supporting a student. And it was interesting because he would have and could have never done that when I was in his class. But um, he had kind of, I suppose he had evolved himself to realise that actually you don't have to choose one or the other and both can kind of work together. Whoa. Maybe it was just me. Maybe I was my head was gone as soon as I found the theater. As soon as I was like in the city center, I was gone. Yeah, yeah. That's that's a really cool story about him though. Being able to yeah, like I don't know because I don't know. There's just something really like nice about seeing. I I maybe I'm projecting a little bit onto like the teacher, but it is such a structured lifestyle, really. You know what I mean? Mm. And to then kind of like be willing to break your own internal structures is kind of kind of cool. Yeah, it is. It's kind of cool. All right, yeah. well let's play one. Let's do it. All right. Uh, okay, number three. No. Still no. No. All right, let's not panic. Let's not panic. It's yeah. what, like 20, it's like 25 minutes in. If my mum was here and we're playing bingo, she'd be, she, she'd be saying, no, oh, no, I can't get a look in. I can't get a look in. Is she a bingo player? She's a bingo player. Okay, why? Yeah. I'm so not a bingo player. I forgot what, what number did I even take out there? Who knows? Number three, wasn't it? I think, I think so. <laughs> so bad. So. so bad. Tell us about a memory that still makes you laugh. 
a memory that still makes me laugh is um <laughs> um oh god i can't tell you that one but i will i will basically anything I, my best friend is called jacinta sheeran uh okay. she's an actor and she's a writer and we met in w theater when we were 15 and basically anything that has happened with her um has kind of been um hilarious and and so for my 30th birthday um we traveled to we had booked myself jacinta and adam had booked uh, a month away in Thailand. Now this is this is neither today nor yesterday, Tom. This is seven years ago, um, and my birthday is on Christmas Day. Oh well. Yeah, and we had booked it so that um, I'm realize as I'm going down the trail of telling you this story, this is not a funny story, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, but we had booked it so that we leave on Christmas Eve, and that we arrive that we will be in Bangkok on Christmas Day, the birthday. Mm. Uh, no, sorry. <laughs> God, I'm telling this whole thing wrong. A week before Christmas, and so that we would be, um, we'd be settled there, and we'd be having a party on Christmas Day. Nice. And we arrive to the airport, and I had booked the flight with my flatmate's credit card because um, it was over three grand, and mine had a limit on it. Whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, we arrived, and I didn't have that credit card with me. I didn't have his credit card, oh. and so they wouldn't let us fly. Yeah, and so the next flight that we could get out was a week later. Um, so there's all sorts of drama. So we ended up flying on Christmas Eve. We ended up being in the air um, for most of Christmas Day. Um, and Jacinta had decided that she <laughs> she had asked them for, uh, could they, did they have any champagne? Yeah. And they were like, no, we don't have champagne. And of course they've got champagne somewhere on the plane or whatever. So she had decided that uh, when the birthday would strike, when midnight would strike, that she would create a bit of a fuss. But of course, everybody was completely asleep <laughs> so she she's across the aisle from me and as midnight and you know the place you know what a long haul flight is like it's dark mm. and she starts letting off these party poppers oh, no. and kind of sticks a muffin in front of my face and people are kind of going crazy um oh. anyway a month of uh of craziness and very funny things happened in thailand none of which i can remember right right now yeah. but uh generally yeah we certainly Back in our younger days, we got ourselves into some hijinks. Yeah, for sure. And pros and cons of being born on Christmas Day? Um, Are there bad jokes that come up again and again? The cons is really just like everybody talk, everybody asking, like every time you fill out a form. Right. Uh, it being commented on. Uh, and um, and you're like, and so you usually preempt that, you know, by saying, you know, they say, what's your date of birth? And you just say, Christmas Day. So to get that out of the way, yeah. what are the pros? There are no pros. No pros. No. I know this is the basic bitch question to ask, but did you get two presents growing up as a kid? <laughs> oh my God. Tom, you're being very basic. Um, <laughs> did I get two presents? The truth is, yes, probably. I can't really remember. Okay, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Good. That's all I wanted to know. Yeah. Let's move on. But, Tom. <laughs> yeah? Uh, my nephew was born on Christmas Day too, and my dad died on Christmas Day. Really? Yeah. Whoa. Now that is like really interesting. <laughs> I'd love like to be able to like try like find a reason, but that's crazy. It's crazy, yeah. Whoa, how, what what? How is that like though? Like, is it a? Ha- oh, that's such a weird question. But with your dad like passed away on Christmas on like on, on your birthday. Yeah, that must be the craziest day of things and feelings. Or is it all like? Well, Christmas happiness? was already ruined because two of us were born on Christmas Day, so it already had that kind of odd kind of feeling, and then. Um, and then dad dying on Christmas Day, it wouldn't matter really what day it was. So it was it's, know, yeah. the, the coincidence is very strange. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't I don't read anything into it. No, no, no. No. But yeah, well that is. I can read something into being born on Christmas Day. Can if, you? Yeah. Is that you know, what's eight or nine months back from Christmas Day? Oh, are we talking Valentine's Day, Paddy's, Paddy's Day? Day, Paddy's Day. Yeah. Irish people living in England. Yeah, one hundred percent. That is so funny. It's very patriotic, isn't Th- it? That is very good. Oh wow, you're like the truest Irishman there of all you time. Go. Yeah, yeah, amazing. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, this one is number fifty-five. Oh, nope. Okay. I have still a faith. I have faith in you. Really? I'm not losing hope here. There, there have been people that have just whitewashed and got nothing. Um, there's other people that have got like five no one's gotten six my experience of bingo is now I'm probably nearly you know nearly on a 
definite losing streak. But go on. Probably. But yeah. look, let's let's go down in a glorious blaze of flames. Sure. Um, all right. Do you consider yourself photogenic? Mm, oh God, I I was about to say no, and then I was like, I don't consider that. Yeah, you've never thought about it. I haven't thought about it. Like I'm, a, you know, I'm an a hole like everyone else, and putting up selfies on Instagram and stuff like that. Sure. But like, um, I. I am somebody that, you know, if, if somebody is taking a photograph of me, I would, you know, I get in a little crisis about it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, that's a brand new question. Don't think it works very well. It's kind of a weird question, isn't it? Do you want to criticise my question? I'm not going to criticise your question because actually it just opens up all of that, like the culture that we live in at the moment is like where we've all like, if you're doing, if you're holding the camera in front of your face with the screen turned towards you, you can like, you've learned how to angle your face or do a little frown or something that you think looks in inverted commas cute. Yeah. Um, But when the real light of day hits you and somebody takes a photograph of you, that's what you look like. Yes. Okay, this is actually, you're right, because sometimes the questions are more of just into interesting places I was thinking about this today you know when you're like I'm trying to think of an example even even let's just say like you're at a wedding right mm-hmm. and you're you, you know you know there's just things and you know or, or a funeral anything like that any of those things that like are like culturally important to us we've decided yeah and like there's a way that you're meant to act do you know like if you're at a wedding you're meant to have like a particular kind of smile or if you're at a funeral you're meant to have a particular kind of face right like i don't i don't really know what my question is i was just thinking about it on the way here it and sounds like s- a thought rather than a question it is <laughs> it's just it, I, and maybe cuz i was interested like as a because when you were talking about the outsider i was thinking how it is funny because sometimes i this is a bit of a generalization but i think artists generally maybe get like married have kids all these kind of things slightly less so than people who are not like professionally creative i think right yeah let's theorize that for a moment sure 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 but i wonder i I was wondering like is that because you know you have this like or your maybe your job as a theater maker potentially is to be on the outside like looking in and kind of seeing the absurdity of something seeing the meaning behind something all of these things i was theorizing this in my head yeah Well, I don't know what the, like, I think that, you know, it would be an educated guess to say, yes, you're probably right. Mm-hmm. Uh, the why, I don't know. I would imagine uh, that a lot of it is certainly around the idea of having kids um, and getting married. It's, artists are poor. Yeah. People can't afford shit, you know? Yeah. Um, and so I think that, you know, and also I suppose that people feel like that they can be in relationships Um long term and not have to have them recognized in the same way so that they live outside in some way the social norms you know mm. yeah 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 it's really yeah it, that is like yeah as like an artist is that one of the main drawbacks you think like the financial instabilities of it would you say that's the main one no no i wouldn't what do you find the main drawback or negative i think the main f- frustration because money Money is very important. It is very important to get paid and to be recognized. But creatively, it's also important to be flexing the muscle a lot. So it's important to have your plays put on. It's important to be recognized in that way and feel like there is and feel like you're kind of, you know, sucking diesel. You feel like you're going on and that things can have a kind of a knock on effect and that you can uh, build and progress within your career and that you're not um, treading mortar. And I think for a lot of artists or for a lot of us, for anyone, you know, actors, writers, visual artists, whoever, um, is that there are great periods of treading water um, Mm. and it's very, very frustrating. And. And so money is, you know, you know, the money is not going to make you creatively satisfied, Mm -hmm. you know, Um, and. and so, yeah, I think that you have to just feel, I suppose, super passionate about what you're doing. But progressing is something that is uh, is is vitally important. Yeah, all the time. And that phrase "treading water" is really nice. I hadn't heard that before. It's a really like nice way of thinking about it. Like, but on a day to day basis, like for you, what can treading water look like? Um, f- for me, listen, I've had a really f- good few years of like of working and projects leading on to things, but like just trying having a bunch of projects um and not just being not be able to find the money to put them on or a home for them or the right programming or you know mm. sometimes you're just 
feel like you're just not it's not cooking you know mm-hmm. um and then sometimes uh if you're trying to write and you can't write um it can be very very frustrating mm. yeah 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 and do you have like because marco Halloran was in this week and we were chatting a little bit about that like him as a writer and i don't want to even say process but just like i'm kind of interested in like that like he was talking about like how he does it and even little things like listening to music or not listening to music things like that do you have like a a process or a time of day or any things like that i think because i do uh, i produce theater and i direct and i have a company and so there's a lot of juggling to be done so Mm. finding the kind of that headspace can be quite difficult um so often kind of late at night is a good time when you know certainly when other people's offices have closed it's a good time to start thinking so yeah like long i live beside the phoenix park and walk there every day Mm. so long walks in the park or you know just kind of taking the time at night um uh can kind of help yeah yeah yeah, yeah, nice. I've started running in the Phoenix Park. All right. And it's great. We're going to bump into each other. Yeah, yeah, it's really great. I look like a sweaty mess when it happens, though. I'm kind of sweaty right now, though. It's really warm in here. I, it's very it's very warm in here, and whatever fabric is on this chair is kind of adding to yeah. the drama. It's, it's, them, it's them curtains. It's all that good soundproof, but it makes for a kind of sweaty time. Yeah. But, all right, let's play one in our sweatiness. Let's do it. Okay. Whoa, God, this machine is a rack, say. It's just spitting balls <laughs> everywhere. And number 21. Do you have that one? No. Oh, man. No. Uh, maybe I am losing my faith in you. No. Um, 21. Question is, what would the title of your autobiography be? Oh, God. Oh. What would the title of my autobiography be? Oh, God. Uh, could be a good, <laughs> could be a good working title. <laughs> uh, the People's Princess. Oh, wow. That's very cool. <laughs> I like that. I like that. Yeah, that's a joke. You put me on the spot. Let's move on. Yeah, I don't think there needs to be follow up questions. No, like yeah, that. yeah, let's, yeah. Let's, we we yeah. should edit out everything and just have a decisive the people's princess. <laughs> let's move on. <laughs> Amazing. Um, okay, number 52. Do you have that? No. I thought you might have had that one. No. I don't know. Some numbers no. have a link to them. No. When was the last time you wrote a letter? Was this handwritten? I think so. Yeah. Um,. A very long time ago. Mm. Yeah. It's kind of funny. Probably, like, other than, like, a note to, you know, a guest staying in my house saying, you know, here's how to turn on the immersion yeah. and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, Probably over 10 or 11 years ago. Isn't it mad? Yeah. Do you think, like, writing will just become obsolete soon, if it hasn't already? I think that some of the writers that I know and including myself, um, handwriting has become so crazily bad that, you know, unless we're kind of tapping a keyboard and which you can do with your eyes closed, mm-hmm. um, it's very hard because the rate of, I, for the listeners, I've now got a pen in my hand. <laughs> yeah. um, but for the rate of trying to move your hand, because your brain is, our brains, I think, have started to accelerate in terms of how quickly we're th- or trying to get the thought out. Yeah. And you can punch that into a, um, into a, a keyboard but it, it your hand is not moving fast enough the one's hand is not moving fast enough these days yeah so yeah but pl- t- when when did you last write a letter or if you did you write one since you started asking these questions no definitely okay, not right. and it was one of the things that I said because I actually think that's a nice que- like potentially a nice question because I don't know, there's just, like, it's mad that, that there feels something quaint about writing a letter now. Mm. But, like, and I said, oh, I must do that because I have had a couple of letters written to me since I've started asking that question. And there is something gorgeous about, or even just a card or, like, a right. handmade card. And I was like, there is more of an impact when I get that rather than, like, an email or a Facebook message or something. And Are I you ca- fishing for, like, thank you cards after this? Oh, 100%. Yeah, right. Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> but there is, you, like, you know yourself when you get it and you're like, oh, like, more went into that. Yeah, no, yes, absolutely. Um, but I have found that even with, like, for instance, my friend Jacinta, like, every birthday she will write, like, write me this kind of very long uh, card and the message won't fit on two sides of the card, so often she'll have to revert to putting some on the back. And my cards to her are like, I love you, happy birthday. Um, and because it's, you know, it just doesn't seem like the form to me anymore. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, there is something weird about it. I um, I I I think it was Mother's Day was relatively recently. What, like two months ago or something? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I wrote my mum like uh, bought like a card in a probably two euro shop, yeah. uh, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> but I wrote a message, and then it was still like up. It was quite like nice. It was like, yeah, it was like you know heartfelt, I suppose. Yes. And then, but I saw it like a month later, and like it's we. I had this weird reaction that was like kind of, kind of cringing at myself being nice to my mum. It was weird. Look, I think sometimes, certainly with family members, certainly around, you know, Mother's Day, you can really get in the zone of, like, appreciating the things you have around you and the love you have around you and stuff like that. And then sometimes you can kind of step outside of that cloud and you're you're allowed to look back and cringe on it. And then another day you might think that it... But ultimately, it's not about how you felt, it's about how your mum felt. Yeah, that's so true. Yeah. That was the correct answer. Well done. <laughs> okay. Um, all right. <laughs> Number five. Do we have that? God, no. Oh, man. You swear I'd rig the game. I swear to God. Uh, with your three euro bingo machine, yeah. I think it might be impossible to rig the game. Yeah, I know. It's not that high yeah. tech. It really it's isn't. It was also bought by a listener. So if there is problems with it, not my fault. It's lovely. Yeah. Blame Stacy in Canada. Um, What was the thing? I keep doing this. Five, wasn't Five. it? Jesus. Uh, as a child, what did you want to be when you grew up? Uh, What did I want to be? When I was in kinder kindergarten which probably was what's what do regular people call kindergarten play school play school or yeah yeah or our crush or whatever they used to call me mr president um mm. because apparently i looked like not the sitting president at the time of the united states but an old one they never really got around saying which one ah. um so there, i was called this for years and years by like teachers and um and family members so there was always a lot of expectation around um and so you know um what did I want to be? Everything from politician to um, TV presenter. And one kind of weird moment, I thought I might want to be a priest. Mm. Um, and yeah, what else? That's that's kind of it. Yeah. 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 I suppose oh, when I was a teenager, I wanted to be a TV presenter. Mm. Yeah. I actually was thinking this question earlier. I forgot to ask you. Do, like, do you act or have you acted in the past? You haven't read my... Wikipedia page Tom? No, Do you have a Wikipedia no, page? No, no I don't I actually did Google you No I don't uh, uh, The I, Dublin footballer comes up Yes See I did Google yeah, you Yeah 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 um, I, I did used to act yeah And I, mm. I stopped in 2006 Okay yeah. yeah 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 I was not around like seeing plays and stuff then Gotcha So I've only seen you as like a maker Yeah uh, Which you're great at But I was just wondering Do you find it helpful to know What the other side of the table is like? Yeah definitely Yeah Yeah uh, yeah, I think that in terms of writing dialogue and directing actors, I think it's important or it has certainly been helpful for me to have been on the other side and to kind of understand mm. what people are going through and what it takes to kind of um, to do that every day, to come into rehearsals, what it takes to learn things, mm -hmm. um, to talk about things and then ultimately what it takes to walk out in front of 60 or 100 or 500 people every night and do it, you know? Yeah. Do you miss that that like the the I suppose buzz of acting or any other parts of it? Don't know. Don't know. Like mm -hmm. that, I've there's I've got a lot of buzzes in my life. Yeah. And so I don't terror. I don't miss that one. Like the idea of going on stage fills me with like complete terror. Um, but what I do miss the aspect that I miss about it is um, is the kind of crack in the rehearsal room. Because now I'm kind of the person that's leading the rehearsal room. And if somebody's having crack, I wanna, I've want i got to stamp it out because we've got work to do, right? Ah. And I miss the old days of just your responsibility was... Oh, I miss the old days of your responsibility was to, um, you know, learn the lines or whatever. But just to come in and play and have fun. And um, and yeah, so I, I do miss that. I miss the responsibility being somebody else's entirely yeah 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 and like the fear of like of the performing which like again I feel like a lot of performers have do you think that's gotten greater over the time of like not doing it or was that always there even when you were like acting more regularly no it wasn't there when I was acting no oh, interesting no not at all I suppose I just I, you know if you're not flexing the muscle it's very hard to go back after 10 years and go right well I can still do that because mm. no you probably can't you know um but I would certainly be curious as to like if if the right situation came along or the right theatre piece that felt, oh, I should really do this, um, then I would probably do it. Mm, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But it'd be hard to know what that would be. Yeah, interesting. 
Yeah, what would like drag you back out there? Mm. I'm sure something will come along. We shall see. That'd be interesting. All right, let's go on. <laughs> uh, okay, number 54. Do you have that? God. <sighs> no. Man, it's tough. Like, in theory, it's one in 10 should be. And we've definitely done like about 10. Okay, right. So, okay, uh, 54. Question is What is one thing you wish you could change about yourself? <laughs> That's a new question. It's a bit like much, anyway. Oh, God. One thing that I could change about myself. Um, I think that I expect too much of people. Um, and and not just like people who are very close to me. I think I just expect too much of everybody. Um, and that is always uh, a recipe for, um, for disappointment. Mm. That's a, yeah. That's a very like really self-aware like thing though. I feel like if you're aware of that, like that's nearly half the battle. Who knows? Yeah, Who I guess knows? it's easier with like that hindsight, I suppose, to to say it. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah good, cool, 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 yeah, cool. Right. cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, okay, number twenty. Yes. Oh. So your one in ten thing. Let, wow. Let's see how many there actually were. So it's, that's three. What? There was literally ten. Wow. That was ten. So I mean, you're you're like really obeying the laws of mathematics. Yeah, right. Or whatever that is. Well, deadly. All right. Question number twenty is: uh, How did it feel, by the way? Did it feel as good as you thought it would? Is it one of the more? Is it a buzz in your life now? No, because I, my expectations were too high. You know that already. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah. What's your opinion of Dwayne the Rock Johnson? Oh, I know. I know who this is. Is he in the Fast and the Furious? Yeah. yeah. He's in Baywatch right now as well. You're probably seeing the buses and shit. I haven't seen Baywatch, but Fast and Furious. Um, I I only I think I've only how many is there? There's seven. Uh, yeah. And I think I've only seen two or three of the last two or three, mm-hmm. but they're kind of one of my guilty pleasures. They're not my, bad. No, yeah, my fella dragged me to um to see one of them, and so uh, yeah, so I'm totally on board, and so yeah, Dwayne the Rock Johnson is all right in my book. He can stay. Yeah, that's good. Okay. Number 29 Nope Okay Number 29 Question is How do you feel about your hometown Which we kind of talked about Hometown Yeah So the, basically that There's kind of two elements to that And one to me is Is London Where I lived until I was 10 And the other is Fingless And so kind of have uh, You know Mixed feelings about both really mm. um, But ultimately good Like mm. fine mm. Um, and the, But to me my You know My playground Was always the city centre Mm yeah as soon as i got the opportunity to get into the city that was and so like to me like dublin my city the city that i recognize or like my is like is the city streets dublin one two seven and eight yeah Mm. yeah have you ever since you like moved in towards the city center like could you ever see yourself have you or could you see yourself moving out or like moving to the country or going back into suburbia well i don't think that would be a the answer is yes, because I don't think for like for a lot of artists, it won't be a choice. Mm. It will be what you can afford. Yeah. Um. And so, you know, we live in a great apartment now at a, at a decent rent. But like um, very soon, you know, things are just going to kind of get untenable. Mm. And people are going to have to move further out. And so, yeah, hopefully not to the country. Mm. But who knows? Sorry to anybody living in the country. But, you know. No, just I, cur- I currently live in the city. Um, yeah, so who knows? Um, but I suppose, you know, should one be comfortable enough and have enough money, the idea would be really that you could live anywhere and do your work and not have to kind of traipse into the city every day, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah. And uh, in terms of London, like, have you ever looked at making that move to work from there? Kind of like over the years, you know, depending on how good or bad a year is or like what the opportunities are. Um, we've certainly talked about moving to London and about four years ago, we had kind of made the decision that we would move to London. Um, and, you know, also around that time, we also made a decision to stay, uh, kind of an active decision to stay, uh, as in stay and try and make this place a better place mm. and try and make Dublin a city a better city for people to move back to. Mm. Um, so, I, that you know, 
I'm not that th- that sounds much more kind of honorable. But it was just mm-hmm. the idea of that, you know, the idea around active citizenship is that like, well, if we all leg it um, out of choice um, and then the people that have, have been forced to leave, they've got nothing to come back to, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and so we we try and create events in the idea that and a lot of the work that this is pop baby makes is about community it's about active citizenship um and it's kind of it's kind of tries to a lot of it certainly riot which we're working on at the moment uh it tries to celebrate um our irishness and what it is to be young in this city mm that is really that's really really interesting because I I saw right in the fringe last year and like it it, it was so funny because when you were talking earlier about we were talking about like thing of like feeling like the outsider and I think you're right like a lot of people feel like that in mm, some yes way but like riots this amazing like the word that popped into my head and I was like is that an okay thing to say and I say it with complete love but it's kind of like a freak show yeah, yeah in a yeah, way yeah, yeah, but yeah, like right. in the best way yeah. like in the sense that like that's just I don't know there's something really like. And I I know you're not trying to sound admirable or anything, but there is something very admirable admirable about making this a place to move back to because it's a place that a lot of people have had to leave, especially like in the last ten years and obviously for hundreds of years. But that's really cool. Yeah, but like just think of all of the people that you know. There are so many people that are feeding into to who are making this city a better place, who are like you know rather than consuming, they're kind of creating. Um, and it's kind of a <clears throat> it's a really good mantra anyway even if you can't do it every day it's like what am I actually rather than taking from the city what am I actually putting back into it you know yeah um, and as for Riot yeah it's a celebration of beautiful weirdos you know yeah um, and I think that in the uh, I think a lot of people can identify with that because you know the big secret is that everybody feels like a weirdo at some point everybody feels like the outsider um, I'd say there are very few people that don't um and so yeah and so riot becomes this kind of celebration of glorious outsiders yeah it's a very special thing because i went in thinking i was going to see a different thing to what i saw in the best way what were you expecting i don't know i don't i don't know was i kind of because because i've been working down the like the country um for like six weeks so i missed the whole of the fringe riot was like i only saw two things and riot was one of them and i think i thought i was going to see like I don't think I thought I was going to see a play, but something that much more resembled a play sure. than what it was. Because it's the word I would have. It's more of an event. It is, yeah. It's yeah. It's, it's a, yeah. It's awesome. a big night out. It's a huge night out. Yeah, yeah. It was great, and yeah, there were people like going around and like going up and getting pints, and like there was like people, uh, not uh, like, but like I was going to say like shouting up, but that makes it sound like a heckle. But like yeah. feeling like evoked to do that. Well, amazingly, like when the you know there are songs in the show, and when they're like you know. By the end of the run, as soon as like the second number hit, people are like up on their chairs dancing and everything. Like that's the kind of the energy around it. Like I would imagine that you only experience that kind of energy once or twice in your career, you know? Yeah. But the energy and the outpouring of love and the catharsis of people who, you know, wanted to stand up and celebrate. And, you know, you got to, people are like, what? What is this show? Um, was kind of, the whole thing was kind of magic and so we're getting to we were at the Spiegel tent in Marion Square last September and we're transferring the show to Vicker Street and for anyone that knows Vicker Street we're completely changing the venue we're basically bringing the stage into the centre of the room oh, wow. and so that the show will be in the round much like it was in the Spiegel tent so you have that magic of a festival brought up to Vicker Street in July <clears throat> um, 10 shows so it's going to be wild that's great yeah that's great. It's very exciting. I would like 100% recommend it. Because Thank you. There just isn't a lot of things like that. I was even thinking about that, like from the point of view of the performers of whom are like incredible, but it must be really cool for them to be a part of because no, like um, there's a lot of like, there's some actors in it. I know there's some like acrobats. There's people who might be more used to that like festival thing. It was like, mm. it's really cool to see like, I don't know, just like actors and, and writers in that form of like, it's like, an event, a gig, it's something more, just something, yeah, something more than what you would think, what I thought of, like, what most people think of theatre. Yeah. It's really yeah. cool. Thank you. It's really cool. It's a really cool thing to have made. Well done. Um, all right, let's plough on. We've got, like, 15 minutes left. Grand. Um, okay, this one is number 31. Have that one? Nope. All right, number 31. Question is, what's your least favourite word?
I'm gonna pass on that one because I don't. I, I I'm not ranking words really. Yeah, yeah. There's nothing like that. You like when you hear it or say it, you kind of like squirm at. I can't think of mine either, but I do. I have one. Oh, what is it? That's okay. My friend Jacinta once fainted when they said forceps in school. <laughs> forceps. Yeah. Is that the yeah the little like pliers, scissorsy thing? No. What is it? Something to do with vaginas? Uh, it's something to do with uh female medical care. Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so we're entirely qualified to discuss it. Of course. <laughs> I'm just telling you the story, Tom. <laughs> I'm just telling you the story. She just fainted in uh in religion class or something like that. Where, where wherever one would hear that word in uh, in a girl's school, class. yeah, probably. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that was just a funny story about a word. Jacinta sounds great. Jacinta is amazing. We need to get Jacinta on the podcast. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um. In fact, Jacinta should sponsor this episode. <laughs> uh, oh, come on. Oh, bingo machine's having a bit of a... Whoa. What do we do if the bingo machine breaks? What do we do? That would be awful. Hold on. That was kind of artificial, but anyway. We got one out. Uh, number 50. No. All right, number 50. Question is, what are your dreams for the next five years? My dream would be to have a lot of time off and to be like you know going through Thailand from beach to beach mm. are you asking me for my like five year work plan no no that's kind of a cool answer I wasn't expecting you to say something like that I <laughs> thought you were going to give me more of a five year work plan no my, my dream want. would be to have like a lot more time to see more of the world yeah Um, and my work dream is just to have to keep shows have for shows that I've made to have a longer life and to travel more mm. Um, and to for certainly for Riot to have a bigger life which it will it will tour internationally next year Um, and then also um, one of my big dreams is to see my show Alice in Funderland come back mm. Um, and I say my show because I'm the only one that's sitting here but it's you know there's a gang of us that made it and it would be great to see it uh, back on a big stage that'd be amazing I never got to see that and I it was kind of like not before my time but like I heard about it and I know I've only ever heard it sounds very exciting can you sing should I audition you now yeah I'm a good singer go on give us something oh Jesus you're yeah. doing the thing mm-hmm. I have this is awful go on this is awful it's gonna be wonderful ah uh, Jesus Christ what what sort of music is it in Alice in Wonderland it's musical music musicals Musical. Uh, what would you What would you do now if you walked into music? I said you you got a musicals audition this afternoon. What would you do? What, I, I do a song so- from the Wild Party called "What Is It About," or which I feel like is a bit of a hipster choice. But right. do you want to hear? I, could, I totally want to hear. All right, it. I'll give you like I'll give you about fifteen seconds. Of okay, it. right. This is so weird. <laughs> They're gonna hear this in the next room. I'm really uncomfortable right now. I just want to let you know you've made me uncomfortable. Congratulations. Um, this woman builds me up. This woman tears me down. This woman speaks and I can break apart. This hatred that I see has been reserved for me. Yet I want more and more and more and that no more. (laughs) That was wonderful. You see? Yeah, well, there you go. I better get an audition for it if it comes back. There now you go. As yeah. a trade off. All right. In the bank. That was that was that was weird. That is the weirdest <laughs> moment that's ever been turned back on me. Congratulations. I'm so to glad it. that happened. Oh my god. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Spin the fucking thing. <laughs> that was great. Um number seventeen. No. Okay, number seventeen. Question is what's the greatest lesson you've learned about I leave that bit blank and that's interesting because I normally like will go specifically to what I would know you best for it, but you kind of do a lot of different things. So maybe I'll leave that open as like making work, making theatre. What's the what's the what's the regular question? Oh, you usually put in like like so if Marco Hallon was here, I would have probably asked about writing. Yeah, right. Or I could have asked about acting. Yeah. But you do a lot of things. Yeah. Uh or is there something all encompassing that kind of goes across all of them that you found? I think what's what's the look let's just say what's the thing I've learned about working in the theatre sure which is just about like persevering it's about tenacity it's about showing up being visible being around and also just having a point of view Mm. um, of you know so that you're not showing up and uh, you know doing things that other people are doing like what 
what have you got to say? What's your voice? What, you know, what have you got to add to the conversation? Um, and then the biggest thing that I've learned and the biggest thing that I would uh, ask people to take on is attention to detail in everything that they do. Mm. Uh, that's in, if you're a performer, it's about the finding all of the detail in what you're doing or, you know, if, and certainly for, for us as producers and directors, you know, attention to detail, how, like we write down how things are, worded on a flyer how you know graphic design is what every last thing what the experience is of you know tom is coming to see the show what's the experience of walking through that door and walking into the auditorium getting the ticket so that everything is thought of and it makes for a very satisfying experience when people have a good time Mm, that's a great answer cool 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 amazing all right ball number 36 do we have that one no all right Number 36, question is, how do you feel about being the age you currently are? Absolutely fine. Good. Yeah. That's great. Let's move on. Give me the dead stare. No, it's not. I'm I'm 37. Um, I spent my life always wanting to be older. You know, when I was, I was really baby-faced until I was about 28. Mm. Um, I looked like a child. And now I look like, you know, a man. President of America. Be, which one the question is which yeah. one if anybody has the answer if anybody knows what my face looks like and <laughs> and knows all of the presidents of America which one I think you've got presidential facial hair no you're thinking of like who you're thinking of like olden days facial, I just have a lot of facial hair right now yeah, I, I okay. think it's pretty cool right, right yeah right. no it's pretty good it's pretty good okay from musical theatre to facial hair we've done it all here today number 13 I feel like we've got very close here Tom we've never met each other before and I'm like yeah and normally I chat a bit more but there's someone in straight after us so we just kind of dived in we'll always have this moment I know we will Uh, what did you say 34 13 oh 13 no unlucky in bingo uh, and for you apparently (laughs) 13 what are your thoughts on 2016 uh oh Jesus twenty oh twenty sixteen was last year. Mm. Um, twenty sixteen. I I think that there was. I personally had an amazing work year last year. Um, mm. uh, I made Riot with Jenny, my co-director. I made Town Is Dead with Ray Scannon, an amazing company. Um, Dublin Old School was playing in Dublin and, um toured to Edinburgh Panties one woman show that I directed um, toured to Edinburgh and London it was one of those kind of magical work years and then all through that as well was this idea that the kind of the world was was kind of shifting a little bit mm. and it was kind of the lead up to the uh, the American election and while there was a lot of heat around that there was a lot of excitement in the air as there is around you know with these kind of weird times and there was kind of a sense that you know well, there's no way Trump would get in. Right. Um, and so so the world was, you know, hadn't changed at that point. And, yeah. and it seems like so much has happened since then. Um, but on a personal note, I suppose that I felt that I had a, a very good year. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that is a pretty standout year. Was it this year then that Dumnosco went to the National? That was this January, yeah. 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 It's another great show. Yeah. But yeah, so much good stuff there. That is great. And how long has Panty Show been running now? Panty Show um, finished its tour at the Abbey, two solo shows at the Abbey on April 30th. And it had been running internationally for just short of three years. Wow. Yeah. That's great. So it was amazing. So, you know, we went to New York. We went to Sarajevo. We did five cities in Australia. Um, we played in Paris. We just played. Uh, we played across the UK. And, um, yeah, it was amazing. Mm. Yeah. And, like... As so, was your on that director? Mm. So do you like? Why did you get to travel with it around the place? Yeah, it was kind of with myself and Panty. We've been making shows together for ten years, mm. and you know, between us, you know, and Jenny is our producer. But between myself and uh, Panty, we tend to, to kind of you know do everything. We kind of make these shows between us, and so it's kind of the two of us out on the road. Yeah. So there's no stage manager, or you know, we just two of us show up at a venue. And it's usually one-nighters. And in Australia, you know, we were showing up to really big kind of rock and roll venues. And we do one night in Brisbane, 600 people, and then fly to Perth and stuff like wow. that. And so it's really fun. Yeah. Yeah. 
And so like, yes, I traveled everywhere with it. That's amazing. And, yeah. and like, does Panty have like, so 600, like, is that the kind of reach that you're talking about? Yeah. That's in, in, in Australia, yeah, the profile would be pretty huge at the moment. Especially, especially, we've been going out there for a number of years at this point. So we've kind of been building audiences. But because they are just entering into that, uh, well, they're kind of in the middle of that kind of horrible um, debate about marriage equality. Mm-hmm. That when Panty arrives and Ireland having gone through our own debate and ultimately through the referendum and Panty kind of being the poster girl for that. Mm. Um, she kind of gets dragged onto every news show and panel show in Australia. So the kind of, uh, there's a lot of press and TV profile right. around her. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I, that's something that she's totally, I assume like happy to do because of the, but she doesn't spend all that time getting into makeup for nothing. Yeah. She's yeah, very yeah, happy yeah. to show up on television. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Killing it. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, let me do a little time check. Sure. See how we're doing. Okay, great. I think we have time for two more. Let's do it. All right, okay, cool. Um, here we go. Number 19. Do we have that? No. 19. At least we got one, right? In an hour. In an hour. Well, we could. Do we still have, okay, 19. We'll get through this first. 19. Have you or do you... Wait, we kind of got through the spell. We've had a great chat. Have you or do you ever consider emigrating? Uh, we, I feel like we've got through Yeah, that. I think yeah, you did too. Yeah. Do you... I, I, although I went... I lived in Australia when I was 20. I went to Australia. Um, and I lived there for a year. And I always thought that I would go back. And even now, I kind of think... Every time I go... I've been to, I've been to Australia yearly, kind of, for the last, you know, seven years. And I always think that, you know, if it wasn't such a cultural wasteland... Um, I would probably be there. Is it a cultural waste? Can be. Like, there are amazing things that happen there. But, you know, in the way that there is kind of uh, the art scene in Dublin, specifically, let's say, and that sense of community and the sense of kind of investigating your culture through art, um, I don't see that that really exists um, uh, in a massive way in Australia. Melbourne, yeah. Um, and But the theatre over there can be... theatre over there can be great, but it can be quite, uh, uh, you know commercial yeah. yeah yeah and what is the thing that like m- when you go back makes you or what was the thing when you were there at 20 that made you think that you would be back was it like the weather the people the- i think just sometimes but you know certainly when you live away from home on your own for the first time you get very attached to uh to a place but yeah mm-hmm. the, the country is amazing the lifestyle you know the you know the landscape is incredible and the weather of course yeah did you see any crazy animals or sharks uh, crazy animals or sharks I know I didn't see any sharks Okay, you know I saw the usual standard you know like a big spider I saw spiders and dingoes and kangaroos dingoes yeah kangaroos I kind of forget they exist sometimes <laughs> <laughs> alright let's do the last one <laughs> let's try to get you a number uh, okay here we go number 49 no ah shit I'm sorry man no you read it awfully. <laughs> Number 49. Um, uh, yeah, kind of interesting to finish. What do you think people's first impressions of you are? Oh. I neither know nor care. Yeah. Great yeah. answer. No, that's... What, what is the answer? What What do I think people's first impressions of me are? Um, I really don't know the answer to that. Mm. Um, I can give you... I've just met you. Yeah. I, 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 don't, I didn't... I had nothing to... I had nothing to go on other than the stuff that I've seen you make, which is a weird, like... Yeah, sure. Putting someone... Because we've never met, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. but, like, you're very mellow and very, like, calm, I felt. (laughs) Did you expect me to come in here and, like, uh, roller skates? Yeah, with the party poppers, Jacinta's party (laughs) poppers? No, 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 I didn't, but... Jacinta's poppers, Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) Um, That was interesting to me. It's very... uh, God, who knows? Depending on the day, I suppose, like, you show up to somewhere and you can... You know, it also depends on like, what are you, you go into some, somewhere and you're looking for something from the interaction, right? You go into a, like a film company for a meeting in London. Mm. Their impression of you is going to be so different from when like, from the intern that comes to this pop baby looking for um, an internship or something like that, you know, because yeah. it depends what your, what is your status in the interaction? Yeah. That's been a really interesting thing that you've mentioned twice is that is fascinating of like, yeah, depending on what angle you're coming from, the way you will be perceived and the way you'll perceive someone else. Yeah, or even the way you present yourself, right? Mm. Yeah. You know, if you, Tom, walk into an audition and, you know, you've been outside and you've been like, oh, you've been speaking to another actor, you're going, oh, you know, 
sick of auditioning and, I'm like, and then you walk into the room and you're like hello you know yeah. and you're like yeah. the so it's about how we present ourselves yeah i suppose but the truth of the matter is you know we shouldn't really care about what we should care about how we present ourselves but how people perceive us i suppose is their own business yeah brilliant man um Look, that's us. Thank you so much for doing this. Thanks for having me. I massively appreciate it. Um, do you want to tell the people any like Twitter and maybe just about Riot because uh, we spoke about it and it is a smashing piece. People should really check it out. Sure thing. If you want to abuse me on Twitter, I'm at Macman Philly. Um, and uh, Riot is our show coming up at Vicar Street. It plays 8th through the 15th of July and tickets from thisispopbaby.com. That was very good. Well done. Philly Man, thank you so much. Thanks, Tom. So guys, that was Philly McMahon playing Personality Bingo with Tom Moore. And a massive thank you to Philly for taking the time to do it. And as I said, please do check out Riot in Vicar Street this summer. Uh, other than that, guys, check out Fix Me Online. It is my web series uh, starring Geraldine McAlinden and myself shot with my little brother and me. Um, we had a ball making it. I hope you guys enjoy watching it. If you do, give it a watch. Give it a share. Give me a shout. Let me know what you thought. Uh, other than that, a huge thank you to everyone who got in touch, uh, in touch during the reach. Um, Carol Lee got in touch. Hey, Carol, how are you? Liz Alper, uh, who is just the sweetest. Thank you so much for getting in touch. As always, Liz. Gina, thank you for listening. Um, much appreciated. Uh, and to Nads, as always, thank you so much. Uh, to Ian the Bean Hughes, who got in touch personally. He's a friend from home that I didn't even know would listen. And everyone else who always says hello. Thank you so much. I massively appreciate it. And if you're one of them people who listens in the shadows of your earphones and just never says anything, you're great too. Uh, guys, a few normal thank yous now, but just because they're normal doesn't mean they're not special. Connor Nolan, thank you so much for your brilliant artwork. To Leah Moore and Anthony Manley for More Than Machines Music, thank you for personality bingo. Oh God, I sang in this episode. Shit, I, I actually haven't listened to it back. I'm never listening to this episode because Philly just totally threw me under the bus and made me sing. But there you go, under the bus was uh, was traumatic. I hope it wasn't traumatic for you guys. Anyway, if you want to listen to some proper mu music, check out More Than Machines on Spotify, iTunes, check them out live. They've just finished a UK tour and they will be playing all across the nation of Ireland this summer at a festival near you. Also, a huge thank you to the boss woman, Taz Keller, for mixing, editing, and producing this podcast. Check out her podcast, The Moment Podcast. Also, uh, she's got some pretty exciting news about a podcast. That I can't tell you about right now, but I'll be able to tell you about it very soon. So um, I suppose I'm telling you, get excited about the future for Taz. And yourselves, and your ears, and a uh, little spoiler alert, your showers. Ooh, bet you're intrigued now. Also, a huge thank you to Alan and Paddy on the Headstuff Podcast Network. The guys do amazing work. They host us so wonderfully. Check out... The network at headstuff.org. Also, a huge thank you to all the brilliant interns for the amazing work that they do on the social... Oh, I can't speak today. The social media front. Uh, they do amazing work, and it is massively appreciated by myself. And I think I speak for everyone on the Headstuff Podcast Network, except for Dave Hanrahan. He hates the interns. Oh, I'm such a prick, uh, as you'll have heard in episode 19. <laughs> uh, hey, Dave. Uh, guys, that is it for this week of the podcast. Thank you so much for listening, and tune in next week when Liam Burke plays Personality Bingo with Tom Moore. This podcast is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network.